confidence of looking him in the eye. And being able to say that. That you know that he loves you. That you know that he loves you with such confidence.
This is who we are, sons and daughters. We're crying out for you, living water.
Jesus, we want to give you our all. We want you to be our vital heartbeat. We want to be fully melded with you. Lord, let your fire come and consume us. And rid us of our impurities. Bring out your glory within us, Lord. Let your glory shine. Let your glory shine through us, Lord. Um, I feel like God wants to do something here. If you, um, if you just, if you want more of His Holy Spirit, if you want more of God's Spirit working in you, I want to um, encourage you just stand where you are and. Put your arms out in kind of just a just a posture of of receiving what God has for you. So just stand up. I'm going to ask the worship team to go through this one more time, and I want you to just receive the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come, come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fall on us, rest on us. We're ready to receive you, to receive all that you have for us. Lord, we know you won't relent. Shauna, would you guys mind just going through there one more time? And let's just, let's see what the Holy Spirit has for us.
Um, is there anybody here who you have um, uh, pain? It's in your back, kind of on, it's my left, left side, um, kind of below your shoulder blade. I know I'm being oddly specific, but so pain in your back, kind of the left side, and kind of like around your shoulder blade. Okay, um, so here's, here's what I want to do. Some of you who you were standing and you were asking God to, to touch you and to use you, um, I would like for a couple of you to go over and pray for my friend Sandy here. So if you guys would just stand up, you stood, you're like, God, use me. Here's your opportunity. Let's make it happen. So let's pray for our friend Sandy here. And specifically, it's the back kind of the left side. Let's just ask God to do what he's doing here. Let's ask God to touch our friend. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we see all throughout scripture that you are a God who heals. So Lord, would you come, would you do your work? Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Um, I think there's one other thing. It's um, it's it's your neck, but it goes from like kind of the top of your spine, and it's like two, like it kind of goes double, kind of up both sides, and um, it's really sore, and you it like it seems like maybe it's giving you headaches, along with this like neck pain that's kind of going up both sides of your neck. Um, is that anybody who you're having like this? You? Okay. Um, can I get a couple other folks? You guys don't have to peel off. You can keep praying. Um, but can I get a couple other folks to come over here and pray for that? There we go for my friend. Thank you. Is there uh, someone also that I don't have anything specific, but you feel like you need prayer, but you're like almost like panicky, like I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want attention, but you like kind of feel it strongly, like you know there's something back here. All right, Dave. Dave, yeah. anybody else? Any couple others? Anybody else? Where Thank it's like you. you know you need it, but it's like ah, uh, it's kind of a nervous kind mm, of yeah, like uh, I don't know, anxious, yeah, yeah, but you can't shake it. That's good. So, Holy Spirit, we're not going anywhere. You just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just, we, um, we give you praise and we give you glory and honor that you are a God who heals and you're a God who sees us. And Jesus, I think sometimes that's even more, more healing than physical being healed is that you see us and you know us and you know things that we wrestle with and you care. You're not a a dead God of stone and wood, like it says in Scripture, but rather you're a living God who wants to be with us and have relationship with us and know us. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for that, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Um. I have one more thing, and I'm sorry to call you out, but TK, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you know it was coming? Okay. <laughs> it happens that way sometimes. Um, it's just really just more encouragement than anything else, just that um, there was 
times in the past where God just really spoke to you a lot and showed you things, revealed you things, revealed things to you, words, pictures, things for other people. And that kind of piece of you has been a little neglected. And God wants to just kind of restore that and stir that up and let his Holy Spirit move in you and through you. And I felt like this was a piece of it, too. Some of what you've experienced in the recent past that has been painful, um, God's bringing you out of that and healing that to where you can start moving in those areas again and not feel, I don't know, like weighted down by that crud. (laughs) So I think God's encouragement to you is just let that healing happen. Let that restoration happen. And just kind of be open and ready for God using you in that way again. Because he wants to. Because he wants to. If that's something that you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. All right. So God did a little sidebar this morning. That's cool. <laughs> Hopefully we're always open and available to to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit doing what it is that he wants to do. Um, So we're going to switch a little bit. If you're still praying for people, keep doing that. It's fine. You just ignore us. You do what the Holy Spirit's doing. Press into that. So I don't want you to think just because I'm switching gears means you have to because it's not the case. And we honor and respect what God's doing. Um, Dave, where's Dave? Dave, can you... My good friend Dave has has a request for some of us. Good morning. So the fact that we're meeting over in this side, (laughs) hold hold it up. So yeah, yeah. So uh, there's been a little construction uh, on the other side of this wall. Uh, To say there's a little bit of (laughs) construction is putting it somewhat mildly. Um, We have had for quite some time a contractor that we've worked with. I I, I don't feel like we need to go through the entire story of of any of this, but suffice to say um, that in um, the methodology that he was using um, we had, uh, a catastrophic failure on paper. And so once we saw that, we froze the project. And then when we checked on credentials, um, because we have some very skilled people in our church, <laughs> um, we found out that um, previously license and his insurance. <clears throat> so we had to terminate the rela- relationship with the contractor. Um, the good news is w- we were able to find these things before any damage was done. Uh, the bad news is you know, we were partially invested to a fairly substantial amount in putting the So 
it's it's one of those things where you know we we have to adjust and move on. Um, the lights that are fully assembled on stilts on the other side of these doors will have to be completely. We're not going to use them at all. And so next morning at nine o'clock, I'm looking for a group of. Uh, men and women and young and old and people that use power tools and happen to have some <laughs> um, to meet me here. Um, <clears throat> you know, we can think in terms of many hands make light work. We could do this for a couple of hours. Um, but um, people that have drills that have uh, driver bits on them uh, of all various sizes and shapes <laughs> and uh, people that are just willing to do some lifting of these things once they're taken apart. Um, so nine o'clock, if we had six people to eight people, we could do the whole thing in a couple hours um, and be able to use of the uh, sanctuary for Sunday, which is the hope. So uh, I think that's So again, Saturday, 9 o'clock, I'll be here. Bring them here. Some sugary carbs to help us break stuff. I was telling Dave, I'm like, when it comes to construction, I'm useless. Electrical, not my jam. I'm good at breaking stuff, both me and other things. Um, <laughs> so that part... I can haul things and I can break things. I'm, I'm, good, I'm Norse. We're good at breaking stuff. Um, so one, one more thing before I get into our message here. Uh, my friend Scott has a birthday today. I, I, I think it's his 25th. I'm pretty sure he's 25. So we're going to sing happy birthday to him real quick. I'm going to turn the microphone off because we all know I get big. So I sing big, loud, and off key. So it's just going to happen. Sorry, we're in a confined space. Happy birthday, my friend. We love you. All right. Now i got to preach a message somehow. Uh, so we are in the Gospel of Luke. Um, I'm probably, if you notice, there's a few slides. I'm cruising by because God stuff, which we want him to do, and that's cool. Um, so don't think that I'm just ignoring things. Um, but we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. I talked a little bit about last week. He was someone who used uh, scientific methodology in his descriptions of what was happening. He used a lot of witnesses and evidence for proclaiming what he was about who Jesus was and what Jesus did. Um, 
It's very thorough, which is one thing that I kind of I like about Luke. Um, and in Luke, there's these proclamations by angels, shepherds, people show up, and and these angels are talking about something really good. Like this is important. This is of value to you. You to know this. And from the working class shepherds to the angels on high, they all recognized that, that this Jesus thing that was happening was really important and, and really good news. In verse 10, the angels talk about it being good news for all people. And I really love that because much of Israel's history, it was good news for the Jews. Yeah. This switch? Is it dying? Oh. Apparently, it's dying, so I'll use this one. Ryan, I don't know. Am I, I, the truth is I don't actually need it. I could just talk, but we're actually streaming it this morning, so I'm going to use it, and if I trip over this, I apologize in advance to my wife because <laughs> it's something I would do. Um, so the angels talk about good news of great joy for all people, and I'm in people, and you're a people, so that's good news for us, too. And Jesus is described by the angels as a Savior and a Messiah, as Lord. And these witnesses of shepherds and angels, they all recognize this good news of Jesus Christ. You know, it must have been really mind-blowing, right, for these shepherds. Like, there's new stars in the sky. If, if new stars suddenly showed up, that would be a big deal, right? That would be major news in the history of our world. Angels showing up, loudly proclaiming the birth of a new king. It's kind of a big deal. And I imagine they were a little bit confused when they were led to a stable. And there were two people who were kind of in the same economic status as them. And this is where this king is supposed to be. I imagine there was some confusion there. If, if somebody was telling me, hey, I met this guy. His name's Jeff Bezos. He's got a lot of money. You might have heard of him. And um, we're going to go over to Dusty's house, and we're going to meet him. My house is not a Jeff Bezos house. Like, Jeff has way more money than Dusty's house would reflect. This stable, for being the king of the universe, the place where the shepherds are showing up to find him, where angels are proclaiming the good news, like, this stable had to be kind of a weird thing. And I feel like from the very beginning, God was setting precedent. God was saying that it doesn't matter what color your skin is, where you were born, how much money you have, how much education you have, who you voted for, where you work. None of these things are what is primary. What is primary is that the kingdom of God is breaking in here now, today, and that is good news because there is salvation for all people. All, capital A, all people. And so Jesus showing up in a stable, it makes sense when you look at the kingdom of God. I want to read a little bit. So I'm going to read from Luke 2, 22 through 40. And it starts out like this. After Mary's days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, after the birth of a son. 
So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. For it's required by the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be set apart, one for God. And to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement. An elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of the Lord rested upon him. Simeon believed in the eminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel, Messiah. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord, and so this picture in my head, this old, well-known, well-respected priest by the name of Simeon, takes this baby into his arms, and he says this, Lord and Master, he says to the baby, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content, for your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be glory for your people Israel, and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck over what was being said about their baby. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, A painful sword will one day pierce your inner being, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign but it will be exposed to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. This is beautiful picture that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God was revealing to Simeon just who Jesus was, even as an infant, that he was the long-awaited-for Messiah. And I feel like, how many times have you cried the prayer that's echoed by David way back in Psalms of, Lord, how long? How long must I wait? Lord, how, how long do we have to wait for your glory, for your kingdom to truly come, for your, for your kingdom to, to change us and change those around us? Lord, how long? How long must we wait? And I, I think every true follower of Jesus has that in their heart, this, this anticipation and this longing for God to reach down and be with us and touch us and reveal himself to us. And uh, we were praying before service this morning, and I just, I've, I've recently, well, not recently, for a while, but more and more I'm getting this sense of God bringing hope. I mean, Advent is all about that waiting, right? That dark time waiting for God to appear, for Emmanuel, God who is with us, to truly show up. And I, I, I don't know, I just, in my spirit, I have the sense that 
God's up to something. You know, in the, in the words of C.S. Lewis, Aslan is on the move. <laughs> you know, he's got, there's something going on. And, and I just, I know, and I, you know, I just, I have this real sense of hope that, that God's up to something. Simeon in verse 25 is described as the Holy Spirit resting on him. And I've known some people in my life like this. I, I've probably mentioned before, I had this friend Queenie Hammond up in Ellensburg and um, you know, I, I met her when she was in her late 70s into her early 80s. And she heard Jesus, but more clearly than anybody I've ever met in my life. And as a 20-something, all I wanted to do was hang out with Queenie. <laughs> and I had my grandma. I actually had three grandmas. <laughs> I had a great-grandma and two grandmas. And, but Queenie was not my grandma. She was like a spiritual mentor to me. Um, before she died, she actually laid hands on me and asked that when she passed that some of her anointing would, would come to me. I mean, she was like that, like, she, I don't even have words, like, for Queenie. She was just the best. She was from Boston. She had the Boston accent. Um, she had been widowed for, like, 20 years, and she's like, well, when my husband left, I just decided to serve God with all the stuff I was doing for him. <laughs> I think that's what Paul was talking about, the good part of being single. You know, it's like, well, I could just focus on Jesus. Um, and she was just this beautiful, beautiful soul who loved us and cared for us and heard Jesus for us. And so she's, she was a Simeon to me. The New Testament regularly is talking about this defeat of the powers of evil, right? With this implication that the world will change. Scripture says that God is going to renew all things. He's going to remake all things. And the only way that's really going to happen is through us. Because, see, he chose to use us to enact his will. That he wants us, for whatever reason, <laughs> he says that we will do greater things than he did. And that's crazy sauce to me, because if you've read about some of what Jesus did, that's a lot. That's a lot of things. And so many times we get caught up in human power and human authority and human issues. And guys, as, as children of the kingdom of God, that stuff is just not that important. There's plenty of other people to worry about those things. Let's us worry about bringing the kingdom of God to bear on the world. Now, sometimes that's going to cause us to intersect human things. You know, if there's an area of justice that God is, you know, bringing attention to and he's calling his people to address that, like people being hungry in the street. Like, that's, that's us serving God and bringing his kingdom to bear in the life of that person, of, of being the good news, not just talking about the good news. Revelations talks about how humans are rescued from their sin, so there's a reason for it. We're rescued from our sin so that we can be a kingdom and be priests who serve God. That's why we're rescued from our sin, because God has a mission and a purpose for you in your life, and that's to be actively bringing about the kingdom of God in your community, in your family, in your workplace. And what does that look like for you? 
What does that look like? Priests should, these priests, it describes them in Scripture, should look like this. First Peter describes them. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. If you're a follower of Jesus, just because somebody disses you or says something to you in a chat forum or in person is telling you how stupid you are, you, here's your job. Shut your mouth and walk away. Like, I, I'm going to tell you a mind-blowing truth. Are you ready for this one? You don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. You don't have to. You could just say no. Be a cat. Come here, let me love you. <laughs> right? Or have the social skills of a toddler. I don't want to! No! Why is one of the first words they always learn, no? <laughs> what should these priests, as we continue on this, look like? I love this quote. You can't be spiritually mature and be emotionally immature. Isn't that, like, mind-blowing? And how many times have we seen it, right, in the church? Or, I mean, even in church leaders. Even pastors and preachers and evangelists and prophets. Inevitably, if you're emotionally immature, at some point, sin winds its way into your heart and your mind because of a lack of character and takes you out of the game. I've seen it so many times over and over. And I don't know about you guys, I want to finish well. Like I'm 51, I don't math so well, I'm 50, I'll be 52 this year. I know, and I was born on a decade year. It should be easy, brother. <laughs> like, it gets worse. Thank, thanks for that, Dave. So I'll be 52 this year. And like, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the backside, right? I'm not on the front side of my life. I'm, the, I'm on the backside. I want to finish well. I don't, I don't want to have, like, major issues because I'm emotionally immature. I just don't. And if that means... You know, that there's some things that I don't get to do or there's things that I don't experience or there's things in this world that I don't experience, so be it. Like, I, I've mentioned before, my, you know, my, my dad was an alcoholic for a good while. I don't need to get drunk to know that that sucks. Like, I saw it. I saw how it affected him and it affected our family. And so I don't, I don't need that. And that's, that's maturity. Also as followers of God, we shouldn't be able to walk away from encountering God and be unchanged. When you come to church, when you worship, when you read your Bible, 
when you pray, you're being changed. When you're practicing the spiritual disciplines and you're sitting in meditation and silence before the Lord, just waiting to hear his voice speak to you, you are changed. If you're coming and you're showing up in front of God and it doesn't mean anything to you, if he's not changing you, if it, if it doesn't affect you, I feel like you need to analyze, like, well, why am I even bothering? And, yeah, this is somebody in church leadership who's a pastor up front at the church telling you, why are you coming to church if you're not coming to be changed? And it's just real talk, you guys. We should be in the presence of God. And once we are in the presence of God, it should change us. It should transform us. Scripture talks about the transformational power of the good news of Jesus Christ. But we have to let him do it. We can't fight him. And so many times we fight him. It's like, Jesus, I want you, but, uh, you know, I want this too. So my encouragement to you is listen to God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What's he saying to you? I'm going to read this kind of longish excerpt from N.T. Wright's book, The Challenge of Jesus, rediscovering who Jesus was and is. Our task as image-bearing, God-loving, Christ-shaped, spirit-filled Christians, following Christ and shaping our world is to announce redemption to a world that has discovered its fallenness, to announce healing to a world that has discovered its brokenness, to proclaim love and trust to a world that knows only exploitation, fear, and suspicion. The gospel of Jesus points us and indeed urges us to be at the leading edge of the whole culture. And I love this next part articulating in story and music and art and philosophy, education and poetry and politics and theology and even heaven help us biblical studies, a worldview that will mount the historically rooted Christian challenge to both modernity and postmodernity, leading the way with joy, humor, and gentleness and good judgment and true wisdom. There was a time in history of the world where the church was the one leading the way. Some of you may have heard of Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, some other Jesus followers, people who were part of the church, and they were on the forefront. Bach, Mozart, they were leading the rest of the world in the expression of the arts and music and we put out these really, really crummy Christian movies with some guy from, was it Full House? I can't remember. No, no, no. It was Growing Pains. That's it. Thank you. I was mixing up my 80s sitcoms. <laughs> but, like, we just, we, we haven't done a good job. Now, there's, there's certain areas. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this musician by the name of John Mark McMillan, and and I feel like he really kind of does some stuff that's kind of more on the, on the edge of things and, and 
kind of walks in areas that others don't. And, and in the areas of, of art, there's some really amazing Christian artists and, and writers. And, and like, I, I have the deepest respect and love for them. And I feel like it's not enough. There should be more of us proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom coming to bear on the world through art and through poetry and through expression of, I mean, God, if you can't look at a seashell or a snowflake and get away from the beautiful artistry of God, if you've ever seen a mountain or a forest or stood on the beach and been completely overwhelmed by the creative majesty of God, like you can't walk away from that. And we're created in his image. So you have that level of creativity in you. It just needs a proper outlet to express itself. And, and my prayer for our church here at the Yakima Vineyard is more and more of that happening. You know, there's been huge swaths of time in the church where the church is like kind of quashed and suppressed the inherent, inborn, amagio Dei, God image creativity that is in his people, and um, that's got to die. God needs for us to use the fullest extent of our creativity to explain his kingdom to a world that needs to hear it. So this leaves us with, we need to face this question. If not now, then when? When are, when are we going to do this? When are we going to allow God's kingdom to break in and change the world? And if we're grasped by this vision that this is something that's necessary, I think all of us can look around at our world and see that we need for it to be transformed. <laughs> it needs change. It needs to be renewed right? It needs to be restored to what God originally intended for it to be. Like, our world is broken, and it needs the kingdom of God to break in and restore it. So if you're, if, if, if that message of that good news of Jesus Christ, that he came to forgive our sins, he came to restore us, he came to renew us, he came to make us better than we are at baseline, then it, it comes to us. Because then the question is, if not us, then who? Who's going to do this? If it's not you, who's going to do it? Somebody has to. And for all of you people saying, I wish, you know, God would just hurry up and change things. God's saying to you, I wish you would hurry up and let me use you to change things. Like, figure it out. Let's get about this thing. Let's do it. And if the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came, he died, he forgave our sins, he rose again, he's living and listening and hearing us as we stand here today, following him and serving him, that good news is the key to the world being changed and the world being transformed. We're going to have one more worship song and and finish with that today. Um, I want you to just really focus on kind of what God's saying through the lyrics in this song and what's been said today through the gospel of Luke. And just have a conversation with God. 
Like, Lord, what does this mean for me? And what are you asking me to do right now, starting today? So I'm going to take it, say a quick word of prayer. Worship team, I'm going to go ahead and invite you guys to come up. Ryan, I'll give you your microphone back. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are stirring our hearts this morning, that you are calling us to actively serve you, not just serve you with our mouths, but serve you with our lives. So Jesus, I just ask, would you continue to reveal to us what that looks like and how are you going to do that? And Lord, I ask, would we be willing to do whatever it is you're asking us to do? Amen. a new song. Feel free to just sit and listen, or if you've heard it, you're welcome to sing it, or as you get it, you're welcome to sing it. Provide for 
ask that you would help us help us to seek you first help us to look to you help us to look past our distractions help us to look back past our desires our wants help us to seek you first let all those other things fall into place so closely that the dirt from your shoes would fall upon the the hem of our garments. Let us be filled with your righteousness. Let us be filled with your peace. for being here today. Enjoy your day. Don't forget your kids. The teachers get mean about a half an hour after class. Your kids would be sad if you left them. Just saying. Have a fabulous day. Have a fabulous day. Go God. Amen. There will be no football references on this stage.